Fireflies Unite with Kia, your weekly podcast from the perspective of individuals thriving with a mental illness. We are normalizing the conversation about mental health within communities of color to foster mental wellness and empowerment. Welcome to another episode of the Fireflies Unite podcast, where our mission is to bring light into darkness, just like the fireflies, by simply sharing the stories of people of color who live and thrive with a mental illness and to normalize the mental health conversation. I see that we have some new listeners, so I have to welcome you. If you're wondering what this podcast is all about, I share my story of living with major depressive disorder and surviving suicide. I interview a variety of mental health professionals, from therapists to psychiatrists. I talk to uh, fellow advocates as myself. And really, this is a space for us to talk about not just you know, people who live with a diagnosis of a mental disorder or a substance use disorder, but really talking about mental wellness and health overall, because essentially everything impacts our mental health. And so I hope that when you listen to the podcast that you'll begin to, begin to make those connections of how everything in your life truly does impact your mental health. So welcome and to my og listeners if you've been listening since the beginning or the uh or a couple of months welcome and thank you for tuning in week after week for all of my new listeners go ahead and binge listen Uh, we have some great content and i'm constantly working on ways to improve the podcast i would love to hear your feedback so you can just send me an email kia at fireflyesunite.com and also Follow me on social media. I am at Fireflies Pod. But also, guess what, you guys? We have a Fireflies Unite the Company Instagram page. So I'll be sure to include it in the show notes so that you can follow the brand. And it is Fireflies Unite Media. Um, For those of you who don't know, Fireflies Unite is a mental health media and communications company. What does that mean? It simply means that we use all forms of media to dismantle the mental health stigma. The podcast is one form of media or a medium rather. Social media is another medium. Magazines is another medium. Uh, Television is another medium. And so we're simply using a variety of ways to make sure that people get the information that they need. And even the website, as our blog is truly growing, I've been putting more content up on the blog. And so if you wanna check that out, you can feel free to do so, www.fireflyesunite.com. So I'm excited we have some great things in the works. And also, another reminder, we have a couple weeks left if you want to enter your chance for a copy of my book or a $50 Amazon gift card by completing the survey and letting me know what you like about the podcast, what I need to stop doing, like, girl, Kia, don't do that. Um, I have been looking over the surveys and I heard 
um, sound quality. And I also heard making, or I've read rather, uh, making episodes shorter. So that has been the two areas of improvement. So I'm listening because in the end, this podcast is for you all. And I want you to be able to get something useful out of it. So I will be sure to leave that link in the show notes for the survey. And we have a couple weeks to get as many surveys in as possible. And as I said, you enter your chance to get a copy of my book or $50 Amazon gift card. And I'll actually be giving away two copies of my book. So you have one in three chances. It will be a random selection. I'll probably just put names um, in a mason jar or either a random selector online. And whatever three names pop up, that's who gets the uh, gifts. So I just want to send you that reminder. Also, uh, Youth Mental Health First Aid, I am offering that class next month. Um, It's the last Saturday in February. So be sure to check out the link in the show notes so that if you are in the D.C., Uh, Washington DC metropolitan area, which includes uh, Maryland and Northern Virginia, you can definitely feel free to uh, register. I believe I have two or three spots left and then the wait list will open. So that's it for the announcements and we are going to get into today's topic. So on last week's episode, if you didn't listen, we interviewed uh, Taisha who shared her story of living with schizoaffective disorder, depressive type. And I was super excited to be able to share her story because it's not a mental illness that's usually talked about. Um, and especially someone of color. That's what this this community is about, this podcast is about, is making sure people of color have a voice and they're allowed to live in their truth. So if you did not hear that, feel free to go back to last week's episode to listen to Taisha's story. So on today's episode, we're not going to talk about anything that's mental health specific, but it is definitely something that impacts our mental health. As I've stated earlier, that everything impacts your mental health, whether you realize it or not, to the relationships you have, to the finances that you have or resources that you don't have, to your job, to family, literally everything impacts your mental health and everyone has mental health i often talk about the difference between mental illness and mental health so if you're new here i'll give you a brief definition mental health is our current um, emotional and psychological state that can be good like we all have good could have good or poor physical health and for mental health it's the very same thing we all have mental health We could have poor mental health or good mental health. Now, mental illness, they are mental disorders or a mental illness. They are, I like to call them billing codes, but essentially so that um, clinicians know how to bill your insurance if you're paying with insurance. But what mental illness is, it not everyone has mental illness but everyone has mental health so mental illness impacts a person's ability to be able to have satisfying relationships uh, be able to do their daily activities and it affects one's behaviors thinking and emotions 
it causes it co mental illness causes significant impairment to those things so people who live with a mental illness have a hard time um, keeping relationships um, sometimes are not able to work because their mental illness is considered a disability and also individuals who um, they also can't do their dirty day things that could be anything from taking care of their hygiene to cooking so again it causes significant impairment in a person's ability to be able to function that's mental illness so I just like to give that background because I want people to understand the difference between the two so it has been one year that I have been waking up at four something in the morning to work out at 5 15 a.m and I wanted to talk about that because a lot of times people set new year resolutions that include losing weight and or eating healthy some people don't necessarily want to lose weight but maybe they need to make better food choices some people need, want to do both so I really want to talk about that because how we take care of our physical health impacts our mental health so I started exercising consistently six weeks after I got my gastric sleeve surgery when I received clearance from my doctor so for those of you who don't know um, the gastric sleeve is essentially they remove about 80% of your stomach and um, it is a weight loss procedure but it does require one to change their eating habits because you can end up causing more damage to your body so it's not a quick fix um, in the first year a lot of people usually use a, lose a significant amount of weight but they do have to change their eating habits and work out in order to continue to lose weight and to make sure their um, risks for health complications is de are decreased. So it has been helpful for individuals to have this procedure if they have diabetes. Um, I can't remember, it's about 70 or 70 to 80%. I can't remember the exact number, but people who were taking like insulin for their diabetes after they had the surgery, within like um, a month or a few months, they no longer needed their insulin because their weight was a contributing factor to their diabetes. For other people that I had um, um, a bit of a health scare when I got some, when I was getting testing done for the procedure and found out that I had a lot of fat around my liver and having too much fat around my liver contributes to a variety of health complications that your girl was not ready for. So I was like, I have to change. I have to. Like my physical health or lack thereof was definitely impacting my mental health. So I was not depressed because I was heavy. Let me just put that disclaimer out there. It, I always knew I was pretty. I always knew that I was smart. Like that, that I didn't have low self-esteem because of my weight. But what I did have from the excess weight was not just um a lot of fat around my liver that could like i said lead to a, a whole bunch of um, health complications but i also um could not walk up 
one flight of steps without feeling like I ran a marathon. It was just, I, I just could not. Um, my lower back ached, my knees ached, and it was just, like, it was just terrible. And I just felt like I was having problems that I should not have in my, you know, in my 20s. And so I was like, I cannot, like, I cannot keep living like this. I spoke to a friend who I interviewed who also went through the procedure, who I believe she lost 100 to 200 pounds before the surgery. Some, depending on your insurance, if you're paying with insurance, um, that some insurance will require you to lose some weight. Some insurances will not. But what I had to do, I really had to prepare. So I didn't just go to the doctor and be like, hey, I want to get this surgery done. It was it looked it took me about like nine months to prepare. So I had to do about like um, like eight or nine months of testing, getting a variety of tests to make sure that my body could undergo the procedure. Um, I had to take seven months of going to nutrition classes so I could learn how to read the back of labels because I kind of actually really didn't know how to read labels, to be quite honest, until I um, took the class. Um, I had to learn how to make healthier choices because while I already had removed meat from my diet, it does not require people to stop eating meat. Not eating meat is a personal choice for me and limiting and eventually removing dairy products from my diet was also a personal choice that was not um, every person who go through the procedure they are not um, you know on a track to becoming vegan or vegetarian or pescatarian um, but if people do want that your nutritionist or dietitian can work with you so I did an entire episode on you know my process and what that entailed and I talked to my friend Crystal who shared her story who looks phenomenal and was a great support and very encouraging for me um, because a lot of people think it's the easy way out but it's not because even after you get the procedure um, you have to have like um, drink liquids for like six weeks so I don't know if y'all ever been drink, drink straight like diluted or diluted uh, Gatorade or um, apple juice for six weeks, um, I don't know, or like vegetable broth. I don't know if y'all ever did that for six weeks, but that was probably one of the hardest things that I ever had to do. Like, it was, it was, I can't, maybe it wasn't six weeks. I know it was a few weeks though. And I know that I really felt like I needed to chew something and I was about to lose my stuff. I was getting irritable because I was just drinking a whole bunch of liquids for those however long many weeks that was and it was it was something um and then I eventually um you know graduated for lack of a better word to like mushy foods like mashed potatoes tuna beans things like that and then like a few months later I was able to eat I think it was three months I was able to eat like um foods um you know like regular foods but I still couldn't have like raw vegetables or fruit I believe for like six months um you can't have alcohol for up to a year they advise you also let me mention this no bread pasta or rice for a year you tried doing that and tell me if you can do it so now I'll have bread um or pasta or rice like it's occasional maybe maybe like once every three months it's it's just rare i've gotten so used to not having bread pasta or rice or also gotten very used to not buying it because i didn't have it and couldn't have it for a year um so yeah so that's a little bit about my process when it came to the surgery so 
six weeks after that, I met with my surgeon and she's like, okay, you got to get up. You got to start moving. You got to start working out because after I had the procedure, I couldn't work out, but I did go walking. I would walk for like 30 to 40 minutes um, a few times a week because my stomach was still healing. It was, I was in pain. So I couldn't do like extreme, um, you know, like working out, but I did, like I said, start walking. So six weeks later, when I got the clearance, I started working out, going to the gym by myself, right? And, but I knew that for me, everybody is different, but I knew for me that I, it was less likely that I was going to be consistent if I was working out on my own. Like, I just, like, I don't even work out at my house just because, like, I just know that I'm not going to. Some people can. Some people can get up and work out in their bedroom or go into their basement or their living room, wherever they work out, and they could do it. Um, that, like, it's fine for them. It's not that I can't do it. It's just that I prefer not to and because it doesn't motivate me. Like, I knew that I needed to be a part of a community. So I was like, I need to join the gym. So for, like, the first eight weeks, I worked out by myself, right? And then I was like, I can't, this is not going to sustain me. Like, I need to be around people. I cannot work out by myself. Um, and my friends and stuff, like, you know, they may have been on, like, a, a health journey, but some of them are not as, like, consistent as I have been, which is fine. But it just means for me, like, I have to look for that community. I have to look for those people who, um, who are a little bit more serious when it comes to their physical um, fitness. So, and again, it wasn't all just about losing weight. Like I said, it was the knee pains, the back pains, the the with the issues with the liver could have um, done to my body, just all of that. So, and then of course the weight. So it was a combination of all of that. So when I joined the gym in December of 2018, I noticed that they offered um, classes at 5.15 a.m. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to try them. So in January of 2019, last year, I tr started trying the, the gym at that time. So I would set multiple alarms at like 4.15, 4.20, 4.30, 4.45, and 5 o'clock was like the last alarm. And I had no idea how my life would change. I did not plan on waking up at the crack of dawn to exercise. That was not a part of it. Um, and in the beginning, it was really challenging. And when I missed like my classes in the morning, I attended evening classes. But I eventually started noticing that I preferred to get my workout done in the morning because in the evening time, I don't want to go to the gym. I don't I don't I just don't. That's just me. I prefer to wake up and just knock it out, get it over with, because in the evening, I just want to relax. I want to chill. I want to read a book watch Netflix, scroll on social media, whatever I want to do. I just, that's, that was just my thing. So I started setting boundaries for myself and that included me um, going to bed at by eight o'clock. Um, I may not be asleep, but I'm definitely in the bed by eight o'clock um, during the week because I would just work out Monday through Friday and then put my phone on do not disturb from 9 p.m. to 8 a.m. because I knew that if I wanted to exercise that early in the morning, I could not allow myself to be available to everyone, scroll on social media or up after midnight doing work because I'm always working on something. My mom's like, my daughter has like 10 jobs. I am always working on a lot of things at the same time. 
Um, but my friends will tell you, like, I do not play about my bedtime. Like, I am in the bed. Um, and most uh, there are instances where my sleep schedule gets thrown off and I may be up past 10 o'clock. But for majority of the time, I'm definitely asleep before 10 o'clock. Um, there are instances where I am asleep by 930. So probably more often than not. And so over the past year since I joined my gym in 2019, well, I started, I did like a, a, a pass, like a trial in like December of 2018. So right before like the new year rolled in. And then like in January, I believe I joined on like new year, new year's day. So I, you know, was like, I need to join this gym. And I'd lost like maybe, I, it was like 40 something pounds, I think maybe like before joining the gym. But then, um, like I said, I was working out consistently five days a week for one hour. And then I hit like a stall for six months, right? I was not losing nothing for like six months last year. That's half of the year talking about somebody was peed off. I'm like, what the heck is going on? But I was still working out, but I was not losing weight. And then eventually I gained like almost 10 pounds. So talk about somebody was mad. Yeah, I was I was getting a little discouraged. And so I scheduled an appointment with my nutritionist and she told me she's like how she's like how much protein are you eating? I'm like, uh, I don't know. She's like, how much water are you drinking? I'm like, uh, I don't know, because I really wasn't like keep tracking it. She was like, You need to have at least 64 grams of protein. At least. The bare minimum. She's like, you need to have at least. So I'm like, okay. She's like, if you could eat more. Then 64 grams of protein, great, but you need at least 64 grams. So I'm like, okay. So I increased my protein and I set a water goal to um, drink 64 ounces of water a day too, if I can drink more. A lot of times I can, you know, hit, hit the 64 ounces and sometimes I'll get like right beneath it, like maybe 57, 58. But I really do, it's really hard for me to, to get that much water in because when your stomach is reduced to a very tiny stomach, you know, can't eat as much. So I just wanted to share what I've learned over the past year when it came to, you know, waking up early to work out. And again, like I said, if you have not listened to, we had a few episodes where people talked about, you know, how their exercise has really helped their mental health. And the thing is, you can even put it in Google. It will show you that for depression and anxiety, exercise has been proven to help. I didn't say cure, I said help. Let's be clear. So, because I still take my medication every single day, I still go to therapy once a week, I still see my psychiatrist once a month. So. I still do all those things, but it's a it's so good because it helps to release stress. Um, it helps to get your endorphins going. You know all those uh, chemicals that make your that make you feel good. It's a natural high, and it truly does help. So it's not only just about the losing weight piece. But here's what I have learned. One thing that I have learned is that my pr productivity level has increased drastically. So you know we all hear that famous quote. We all have, uh, it's on social media, and it's like, we all have the same 24 hours in the day as Beyonce. Yes, that is true. And while I do not have the money or resources like Beyonce, I can certainly do a better job at managing my time to ensure that I'm getting the most out of my day. So last year, you know, I published my first book. 
I produce this podcast each week. I obtained two mental health certifications and I was providing communications consulting to a nonprofit. I organized multiple book signings, support, supported a mental health research project where I'm working with um, clients who live with mental um, and substance use disorders. But guess what, y'all? I did not have to sacrifice my sleep or rest or working out because I enjoyed my summer with friends and, you know, traveling and had plenty of days where I laid in bed and binge shows on Netflix. All that to say that I got a lot of stuff done, but I still gave myself that hour to myself because especially if you're in the helping profession and you're always doing something day in and day out for people at work and then you are doing something you know for your family um if you have children and then taking care you know doing things for your significant other if you're married or in a committed relationship like it's a lot to juggle all of that and so i just was like i didn't even realize that like girl you got a lot of stuff done because I woke up so early. But y'all know that, of course, I go to bed early. I My friends sometimes call me grandma. I may refer to myself as grandma because I go early, to bed early, but I don't even care, y'all. Like, I love my sleep. sleep. Sleeping and laying in my bed is probably one of my favorite things to do. Like, but yeah, so that was something that I learned that I, my, I was much more productive because I was waking up earlier and I was getting things done. When I would get back from the gym, I would pray, read, you know, devotional, and then kind of get into my day. So I was doing everything in the morning. My first three hours in the morning is for me before I do anything for anybody else. So maybe that's something that, you know, you need to have a ritual in the morning. I'm not saying that you need to get up at 4.30 in the morning like me. But maybe you need to have something where you're waking up. Maybe it's 30 minutes earlier where you're reading or you're meditating or you're praying. But find some time for you to fill your cup before you start emptying it out and doing things for other people. Thing number two that I learned was that excuses hold me back and you back. Just like excuses hold everyone back. And I often, you know, I laugh because people be like, girl, you're crazy. You know, I can't stand that crazy word, but this is what people say. Girl, you're crazy. I can't do that. That's too early. Or girl, I don't know how you do that. And a lot of times, many people are projecting their excuses onto me because they don't, you know, they don't value their physical fitness, um, which is fine. No judgment. But don't project your stuff onto me because I'm out here trying to take care of my health. And I used to say things to myself before, like, I'm too tired or I'm too busy. I can't do that. And it was one of the many reasons I was unsuccessful in the past. And I made excuses. And eventually, I believed them. So if I told myself I was too tired and I'm too busy, then guess what? I was too tired and I was too busy and I didn't get it done. So I don't know what excuses you're telling yourself. And again, it doesn't have to be in terms of, working out, but there's something that you need to do and you're constantly giving yourself excuses, especially if it's something that's going to better you. So it could be, you know, I'm going to commit to going to therapy this year and you're making excuses and you're not going. It could be, I want to have healthier relationships, but you are still surrounding yourself around toxic people. Whatever it is for you, what excuses are you, are you telling yourself that's preventing you from living your best life? 
Um, another thing that I learned is that, you know, many of us are interested and not committed. So what is the difference between committed and not interested? So my mentor, Patrice Washington, who's been a guest on the podcast, and I've been the guest on her podcast, she has an entire episode on the difference between um, interest versus committed or commitment. So people who are interested talk about their goals, but are less likely to stick with them when life happens or make excuses that prevent them from achieving them. People who are committed make the necessary changes you know, in their behaviors, in their mindset. And even when life throws, throws a curveball, because it always does, they get back up and continue to work toward their goals. You know, losing weight and eating healthier, it sounds good. It sounds like, oh yeah, I could do that. But it requires a change in one mindset and habits. So if I say that I value my health, and I don't just mean my mental health, I mean my overall health, my spiritual health, my financial health, my physical health, my overall wellness, various aspects of my health, my actions have to align. So if I say I value my mental health, then I need to be taking my medication, I need to go to therapy, and I need to stay up to date with my appointments with my psychiatrist and all the things that I need to do for my mental health, you know, going to sleep and getting rest, all those things that I need to do. If I say, you know, for me, valuing my physical health as well, then I got to make sure my actions align. So that's the third thing I learned. The fourth thing I learned is that working out can be fun. You know, find something that you enjoy doing. That can be anything from swimming, skating, dancing, tennis, you know, whatever you want to do. Doing housework where you're, you know, moving and sweating as long as you're moving. Exercising feels less like a chore if we find something we enjoy, but it gives us the same benefits as using traditional cardio and weight machines. Okay, here's a truth bomb for y'all. I am not too fond of equipment at the gym. I do not enjoy the treadmill. I do not enjoy the elliptical. Just straight up, I don't like those things. I get bored doing the same things over and over. I mean, some people, they're fine with it. They could put on a podcast. You know, you can listen to you know, watch TV, you can do kind of all those things. But for me, I just get bored. And I've, I've done it in the past. And I may do it now occasionally, but I'm not doing that every day. I do. I just don't like the equipment and machines. I just get bored on them. And I enjoy classes. Um, because my classes and boot camp training at my gym, it just has variety. So I just enjoy that. Um, Another thing that I learned is accountability and community is everything. It truly is. Because you'd be like, who going to check me, boo? Like, you know, you if you don't have people holding you accountable, you're probably not going to stick to your goals. So if my friends tell me that they want to do something, I'm going to hold them accountable. I'm going to keep asking them about it. And they're probably going to get annoyed. But unless they tell me, you know what, I don't want to focus on this right now, then I'm not going to ask them about it. Because we're all on our own journey and people do things when they are good and ready and so but if someone tells me they're doing something you best believe i'm gonna keep asking them about it because i want i need people in my circle to hold me accountable too so i attend an all-women's gym that i love and i'm always talking about um the women at my gym they do not only encourage me but when i am down but they challenge me to go beyond my limit and they hold me accountable my gym mama, I always call her my gym mama, shout out to Marsha. 
Um, she'll text me when class is about to start. And if I'm nowhere in sight, she'll send like a GIF or like a text like, girl, where you at? Are you coming today? Like, so she don't see me. She Or if I missed a few days in a row, she'll text me to make sure that I'm okay. Um, the instructors, they tell jokes during class. Um, they have like a call and response when we do like certain moves and like weight training. Like we, it's a lot of like call and response in gym and at the gym. Um, and we say like really cool things that kind of like help motivate us and just to make it super engaging. Um, they also encourage us during class. Um, they'll walk over to you and help you fix your form. Or sometimes they'll even call me out. Like I came to class late last week and they're like, is that Takiya walking to the, through the door? Or just walked in, something like that. But they called me out because the gym is is a very small and intimate gym. So everyone kind of knows everybody. And so I'm like, no, she didn't. I just call me out. Talk about the shade. And congratulate me. Like when I hit milestone. And another thing that my gym does, they host a contest throughout the year that motivate me to go harder. And the women at the gym support each other. Like the women are super uh, friendly and like supportive. And that goes for not just the members of the gym, but the instructors. Um, the environment is intimate, as I've stated before. They're family oriented, um, so they have childcare, so women can work out. Um, and it's just a very loving environment, and it has made a tremendous impact in my uh, fitness journey. And I'm so grateful for my gym. Like, I'm like, I don't know if I ever have to move somewhere. I don't know. I'm probably gonna have to start a gym like that or something because I need a gym like that. I, as many gyms as I've been a part of, I've never been a, a gym where the community is like that. Another thing that I learned is I have to be nice to myself. So I'm telling you the same thing. Be nice to yourself. Because I have days where I pig out and eat too many cookies or brownies. Yes, I do. I mean, I'm not eating salads every single day. I mean, I actually need to do a better job at eating more like raw vegetables. So like, you know, making more salads is basically what I'm saying. I really do need to do a better job at that. I mean, I do a great... Uh, I do well with eating, obviously, because I you can tell, like, if you saw my picture that I posted on um, Instagram, you saw, like, how my stomach is getting smaller, and I had a very huge stomach. Um, but I, there are some changes that I still need to make. And there are some days where I just don't do well. But I don't feel guilty because I'm human, and I know that I'll make mistakes. I eat well majority of the time, so occasional pig outs, pig outs it's fine. It happens. It's life. Um, depriving myself in the past, it led to binge eating. And I'm just learning that balance is key. I'm not depriving myself of anything that I like. Now, some days I do a really good job at balance. And other days I just go off the deep end and just start eating, you know, crap. And it's just because it's vegan, it doesn't mean it's crap. Let me just be clear, because there are vegan, um, there's vegan junk food and comfort food. Like there's vegan mac and cheese. There's Oreos are vegan. Like, there are things that are vegan. Just because it's vegan doesn't mean it's healthy. And I wouldn't be considered a vegan because I still eat seafood. But if I remove that, then I would be considered vegan. Um, so I'm just kind of throwing that out there because people think that just because someone's a vegan, they're healthy. And that's not true because there's also a lot of processed vegan food. Um, and processed foods, a lot of that is not good for our body. So... There are instances where I I even plan it ahead. Like there was a weekend I was like, okay, I'm going to the movies, I'm getting some popcorn. There was another weekend where I was like, oh, I'm going to the Amish market and I'm getting a pretzel. Like there are instances where I do plan out my, you know, my treat. I don't want to call it a, like it's guilty because it's not like I 
balance is key. So there are times where I plan to enjoy my snack or two. And sometimes, like I said, I go off the deep end. But I hold myself accountable because I track everything in my Fitbit app, like everything. And my calorie goal for the day intake, I believe, is um, 1,250 calories for each day. And even if I go over it, I still track it. Because when I see those numbers go up and it's like, girl, you ate 200 over your calorie goal today or 300 or 400, whatever it says. Or sometimes it may be like 50 or 20. But there are days it's been in the hundreds. It's like, okay, you went over your calorie goal by 200 or 300 today. But I, I still track it because seeing the numbers like go up that I went over my goal and going over, I mean, yeah, going over your goal in some instances is good, but your calorie intake, no, it's not necessarily a good thing. Um, but seeing those numbers increase, it's, it's a smack in the face for me, and it reminds me of my goals. Like, girl, you got to get back on track. And I'm, you know, learning that, you know, I also, you know, creating my before and after picture collages. So if you saw me on social media, you'll see, like, I do, a, you know, my before and after pictures to show, like, my progress. But that's super motivating to me. And it reminds me, like, girl, if you keep going off the deep end a lot, you're going to get back there. And um, you don't want to do that. Because let's be clear, this um, the surgery or the procedure, it's, it's not a... Um, a fix like if you eat junk you're going to go back to gaining the weight and I don't want to go through that have went through that life-altering procedure and then gain all the weight that I gained back and I've lost 67.8 pounds to be exact um I just don't want to go backwards so I'm like no I may you know it's natural to gain weight you know here and there because life happens but I'm not trying to gain 20 30 40 50 60 you know pounds that's not so i'm like okay i need to i need to figure something out so i do little things that help to motivate me and like the, my pictures um really hold me accountable and you know so i have to hold myself accountable it's not just people holding me accountable um and then the, you know what i'm really learning is that if i can be consistent at the gym and consistent with making healthier food choices it's much easier for me to have discipline in other areas of my life. So I'm not sure who this is for. And I just really want to encourage you to commit to one year of doing something consistently. It does not have to be the gym for you. It could be something different for you. But the things that I've learned is that when you commit to something, even when life happens and, you know, maybe you have a flare with your mental illness Less like I did in September and I had like two weeks, I think, where I didn't go to the gym because I just was in a really terrible depression and I couldn't I couldn't make myself to the gym. But, you know, I still got back up eventually, you know, that third week and, you know, I got back to it. Um, so, again, for me, I've learned that by sticking to with the gym for a year that I was much more productive. So my uh, productivity level increased. Um, I learned also that excuses hold me back. I also learned that I am committed, not only interested in my health. So ask yourself, are you committed or interested to, it could be your physical health, your mental health, your financial health, your spiritual health. Are you committed or interested? Because if you're interested, interested is like, oh, it, you know, I said, I want to read one, you know, I want to read more. It's like, oh, it sounds nice. 
But if you're committed, you actually make the changes to accomplish your goals. So I don't know who that's for. Again, I also learned that working out can be fun. So that twerk class, it counts, okay? I don't know who that's for, but if you want to take a twerk class, that's twerking is a great workout. Pole dancing is a great workout. So whatever it is, it does not have to be the traditional go on the elliptical, use the weight machines. If that's not your thing, then find out what your thing is, you know? Um, I also learned that accountability and community is everything. So having people that share your values um, and being a part of a community that can hold you accountable. And then I also just learned to be nice to myself, realizing it is a process. Like nothing happens overnight. And like I said, it's been one year. So I'm not sure who that is for, but I just wanted to share my journey of how waking up that early in the morning and working out at 515 for a year and what that has done for me. Um, I, it's Those are just some of the things that I've learned, but I've, I'm just really proud of myself for sticking with it. And, you know, I'm, in, I'm still rocking out. I'm still waking up early. Some days it's hard to get up. And I'll text my gym mama like, I don't think I'm make it. And then she'd be like, girl, get your butt up. And then I'd be like, all right, I'm, I'm coming. I'm going to be five minutes or 10 minutes late, but I'm coming to class. So, make you know, find whoever it is that can hold you accountable. And I just hope that you all got something from that. And so let's move into our self-care and wellness segment. So for this week, kind of going along with our topic today of, you know, committing to something, whatever it is, but I do want to encourage you to commit to your health and wellness, whatever that may look like for you. But I want to y'all to let me know, what can you commit to for the next 12 months? And how can we hold you accountable? If y'all tag me in the story and y'all write something that you know, you want to be held accountable in something. Don't be like, Kia, stop sliding in my DM because I'm asking you about what you said you want to do for the year. So let me know what that is for you. Um, I'll put mine in my story. For me, it's eating more raw vegetables. Um, well, no, not just raw vegetables, but just eating more vegetables overall. Like, yeah, I'm mainly plant-based, but I just sometimes... You know, I'll have a lot of like um, protein smoothies um, or I may have like my vegan uh, burger because it has a lot of protein in it. Like I just need my protein. That's my biggest thing. I just focus on protein. So, um, but I, I do need to eat more vegetables overall. So I want to increase my vegetables. So that's something I'm going to commit to for the next 12 months. Um... So yes, that is that is something I, I, I need to work on and um, I will begin implementing immediately. Um, I need to just really make sure that I'm having it more throughout, you know, with my meals. Because sometimes, like I said, I'll just have a, a, a vegan burger, which is great because it has like 27 grams of protein, which is great. But like I said, I, I need more vegetables. Um, I don't usually I'll just eat the burger and that's it, but it has nothing on it I don't have lettuce with it. I don't have tomatoes with it onions nothing. I just eat the burger patty 
um, because my stomach is so small, so I get full very fast. Um, but even if I'm eating my um, my burger, I can add some spinach with that, some tomatoes with that, um, and some onions with that. I can put it on a bed of spinach um, and be able to do that. So those are little changes like that. Um, maybe we need to have an episode where we're talking about you know, how to set realistic goals because a lot of times the reason why we can't achieve our goals is because we'll be like, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds in, in six weeks or two months. And it's like, like, you're not, it's hard to be able to continue that, to maintain that because when we put that pressure on ourselves, we do it until we achieve it and then we go back to our old habits. But if we make small changes over time, you're more likely to be able to sustain them. So don't be trying to, you know, make these long, these big lofty goals. But what is one thing, I'm only asking for one thing that you're going to commit to for your health. It could be your mental health. It could be your physical health. It could be your financial health, your spiritual health, whatever it is for you. Which one thing that you're going to commit to for the next 12 months to better your health and wellness. That's it for this week's self-care and wellness segment. So let's move right along to the therapist shout out of the week. So the therapist shout out of the week. And I don't know if I should change it to the black therapist shout out because I'm only going to shout out clinicians or psychiatrists of color. Um because I want to make sure that people know that there are more clinicians who look like them. Some people feel more comfortable seeing people who look like them. Like, that was my thing. I felt more comfortable seeing a black therapist. So that's what I needed. So that's what I needed. That may not be everyone. So for this week's therapist shout out, it is, I'm not sure how to say his name. But and I'm probably gonna mess it up, but he's based in Baltimore, Maryland. And it's Lawrence G. Van Slightman, I believe. Lawrence G. Van Slightman. I'm pretty sure I'm jacking his last name up. Sorry, my brother. But he is based in Baltimore, Maryland, and he is a licensed clinical social worker. So that's a therapist. And he does um accept insurances so he accepts um Aetna, Blue Cross and Blue Shield um Maligan Maligan I'm not sure exactly how to say that but I think it's Maligan and he also accepts out of network and he specializes in anxiety depression and mood disorders so um he, the other issues that he deal with peer relationship relationship issues life coaching coping skill, behavioral issues, self-harming. Um, and so he also speaks Spanish, so that may be helpful to someone to know that. Um, so I just want to let you know, I'll be sure to leave his Psychology Today profile in the show notes. And if y'all want to shout your therapist out, I won't be like, oh, such and such is shouting their therapist out. Unless you specifically say in the email, like you can say my name. But... If y'all want to shout your therapist out, let other people know that you have a great therapist and they're doing great work. And I could just shout them out and, you know, send some clients their way. So that is the therapist shout out for this week. So let me know what you 
guys thought of this episode thank you so much for listening i hope that you found some insight and that you were able to look at something differently um, and figure out what changes you need to make in your overall health Um, and i hope that sharing my journey and my transparency has helped you so thank you so much for listening you all have a blessed week and i'll talk to you next week on our 100th episode yay so again thank you all for listening and i'll talk to you next week i hope that you obtain tools and resources from the fireflies unite podcast to help you manage your mental health but please do not use it as a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist or psychiatrist let's continue the conversation by following me on fireflies pod on facebook twitter and instagram